It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week, we're going auto reverse on Gaber Sabo. Gaber, Gabor, is that even? Do we even really know the right way to say that? How good your I don't Hungarian? know the accent. The accent. I don't. My Hungarian's terrible, but the <laughs> accents on the A and Gaber. So, Gabor, Gabor. I know Zabo. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Goulash. So <laughs> that, that strong G is. You got. The, you nailed the strong G. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's quite a character, uh, Gabor Zabo. Um, I guess he immigrated to um, the states uh, from Hungary in what was it in the sixty? No, nineteen fifty. Yeah, it was on the Hungarian Revolution in, in yeah, the sixties. Yeah. yeah, they were on the eve of a communism uprising there. Yeah, and he made his way there, and then he ended up going to uh, uh, Berkeley College. That's right. That's which, right. Which, which, which um, must have been yeah. kind of daunting, you know, given that his English wasn't as probably as polished as everything. But you know, let his guitar do the talking. That's right. Music does. You know, it defies language. It's its own language. It um, certainly is. Totally. <laughs> that sounded corny as hell. <laughs> but uh, but the my my whole thing. I didn't I didn't realize that he one of his first gigs when he when he got to the states was playing with uh, Chico Hamilton. And Charles Lloyd um, in a sort of like chamber jazz, soft avant-garde band out jazz. Yeah. Um, and I we've talked about Chico Hamilton before and how yeah. much we love him. So it, I didn't even know that. No, um, I didn't know. I didn't know he sowed his oats, his uh, musical oats with them. Probably. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that either uh, because yeah, we talked about Chico Hamilton and. I mean, Charles Lloyd, I got to see him at this church in Harlem a long time ago with... Uh, You're kidding me. No, nah, with like, uh, Jason Moran was on piano. It was, uh-huh. it, I think, I'm not 100% sure if my memory recall, but I think Christian McBride was on bass. It was a real wow. tight uh, uh, quartet. Anyhow, Charles Lloyd is, yeah, I mean, I can't, just what he's meant to jazz and avant-garde jazz especially, but like, yeah, that is kind of like finding that finding out about him because I didn't know a lot about Gabor um, you know it was mostly um, peripherals like I would see his name listed as a as a credential on with credits on an albums um, and I think I saw him with something with um, maybe it was Charles Lloyd or I don't know but um, uh, you know, I don't. I, I before this, I did not really know a lot about him, and he's kind of the, this guy. When you talk about the the top jazz uh, guitarists, he's rarely mentioned in the, with this group. Yeah, I wonder if that has to do with his sort of exotic, almost like uh, Middle Eastern vibe. I wonder if it was if it's too sort of quote unquote world oriented for for jazz people. You know, you know what I mean. I don't, yeah. I don't know. He was also kind of a session guy, and I think sometimes session guys get left out. But but he was a session guy who also made his own records. He, uh, him, and um, who was it? Uh, Gary McFarlane, who also made really int- unique, interesting records. I think I think Gary McFarlane was a vibes player. I may be wrong, but I think he was. Um, 
So Gary McFarlane, um, Cal Jader, another guy I really yeah. love, and and um, and Gaber started their own label, Sky Records. And I the initial those initial um, some of his uh, some of uh, Gaber's initial record. Well, actually, some Gaber's initial records were on Impulse, but then some of the more like early seventies, mid seventies records came out on his own label on Sky, and they were a lot of times. Uh, they, those, all those guys, McFarlane, Gaber, and Cal would play on each other's records, right? So, and and it was short lived, but they put out a bunch of really interesting records. And I think that record that you bought recently was on Sky, uh, yeah, the one that everyone talks about, uh, Dreams, Dreams, yeah, yeah, which is an incredibly psychedelic record. Uh, beyond and i'm not talking psychedelic like the jefferson airplane just psychedelic yeah his brand of guitar playing you know yeah i think like even when i listened to his album like what was it jazz raga like that yeah like it's i think the reason you know i was thinking about it because you have to really i mean i had to really really focus in on his playing it's there's nothing that is outwardly uh for lack of a better word, amazing about it, or it—it's it, not as like it's not compelling in a very direct way. It's his playing is very intricate, but very smooth, uh, subtle. I think that's probably the word. It's maybe it, this—the subtlety of it, and it's the nuance of his runs are not. There's nothing that really kind of catches you too off guard. It just. It's something that is both familiar and it does have like those kind of folk or heritage accents, as they say, you know, heritage music yeah. accents to it, uh, which you could hear the Hungarian. I'm not too versed on Hungarian music, but I could see where his jazz, how he is jazz. It's a, such a subtle signature style, uh, whereas, you know, we could, I can basically tell Wes Montgomery, I could tell Pat Martino. Um, yeah, even even you know Joe Pass, I can be like oh, that sounds like Joe Pass or Bernie, you know Barney Kessel, like I can tell they have they have things that they do that and their tones are a little bit more identifiable. Whereas uh, Gabor is not Gaber. I'm, I'm, I'm playing both sides of the pronunciation fence there. You might as well. You might as well. <laughs> I'll just call him Gabby. Um, Gabby. Yeah, but it's like. There are the songs where he his stuff really uh, stood out to me is like that song uh, "Just a Little Communication," like the dun 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 dun, like that one showed a little bit more flair to it, and I really reson that really resonated a little bit more for him. But most of the songs, like on the playlist, you have to listen to really carefully to I wouldn't say appreciate, but actually see what he's doing because it's really what he seems to be. And this could to your point about this being a sessions guy he's he's more weaving things into weaving things together rather than layering what his part on top of it to where it's more pronounced so it it takes a little bit to get his style um i'm you know i'm kind of curious for you what about his style it really or what about him and his playing or his music kind of stands out to you well you know it's funny that just that just kind of popped into my head just now like I, I was thinking you, before you asked me the question I was thinking I was asking myself the question 
and really what it is and just from looking you know uh how carl santana took gypsy queen from the spellbinder record um his first solo record and made he made it he made it into a hit for himself that's the thing about gaber that i like is that within his style there's this sort of pop sensibility mm-hmm. uh, so where he's taking the hits of the era of the era that he's in and sort of weaving them into his own music uh, obviously in a more instrumental way because he's not utilizing singers and, su- and such but um th- i think that that's what really attracted me to him you know um is that ability to to weave in the sort of pop right. sensibility of his and and that and maybe that has to do with him being a session player and having played on like Bobby Womack records. I don't I don't know if, if that's where it came from, but it's something that I appreciate. I think it's the record uh, the one that he made with Bobby Womack. Bobby Womack I think wrote a few tunes on it. It's called uh, Contra- High Con- No High Contrast. Right, but Breezen's one of the songs. That's right. That's right. Now, did Gaber write Breezen or did Bobby Womack? Bobby write Womack Breezen? did because yeah, I, so see, cause so I remember a George that, Benson because I really love George Benson's and I was like, is that a George Benson song? You're like, no, that's. No, Womack wrote yeah, it, right? right so, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting way too excited. But the thing, the thing, <laughs> is, the thing is that that ability to sort of bring that element into it, that sort of contemporary element, in, and especially into jazz, which is such a purist, uh, you know, genre. Um, I, I think it attracted me, and then you take the sort of Middle East, you know, Eastern influence, the fact that he was an immigrant, you know, and came here and somehow managed to um, immerse himself in this really American, super American music, jazz. Um, it, it's fascinating to me, and and also, and and, and I'll go back to this. Uh, we talked about this on the show many times. It also has to do with the crate digging aspect uh, of my of the influence on my collecting and the music that I like. Okay, um, I always knew I like Dreams was sampled uh, the album, and a lot of like record collectors talk about that album. And then uh, finally, I got my hands on a copy about I don't know seven years ago. I got my hands on an original. And the cover looks psychedelic and weird, it, it, you know. Um, uh, and so I was like, "Oh, this has got this has got to be good." And then I was really happy when that shit was com- confirmed. Right. I mean, the 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 record cover looks like a rudimentary Peni album cover, <laughs> the the Dreams one. So right. it, the the whole this sort of like you know this sort of like mystic like you know myth building. And I think he there is definitely some of that in. Him in it but maybe that's something i created for myself with him and maybe he wasn't as because i mean if you look at his uh discography he fucking played on a lot of people's records so he may have not even had time to do myth building you know what i mean
yeah, I think that, and I think that you're, that's a good point because he, the volume. I mean, I, you know, doing sessions with Lena Horne, doing Beatles covers, yeah. you know, and you know that, you know, the amount of, I just, I just think it's typically just very hard to go from session to original music creator because there, those are, that switch is really hard to kind of move behind and. I, I think, you know, and it could be, and this is, you know, it could be also just the more modest way he was going about things. He came to the country, you know, in a late age, so he wasn't going to, and he needed to make money, you know, after college, Berkeley, I'm sure wasn't cheap. So he, after Berkeley, you know, doing sessions is a, is a steady gig that probably allowed him and his family to live in a pretty decent house and have, you know, money for doing things, you know, probably single family income, you know, back then, you know, why you can't go all Brian Wilson on things all the time. And, you know, he didn't have that many pop songs, his, even his, his solo albums, they weren't pop albums. They were, even when they had standards. So I think, you know, that's a hard, that's a hard switch to turn, you know, from going from someone who, who's going to do myth building and create his own persona uh, to someone who's really just a, a highly accomplished session musician. Yeah. I, I it, 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 you know, there, and there's some coolness to Gaber, like sort of like Cal Jade or, and Gary McFarlane, that sort of space age bachelor pad, 60. Yeah thing it's you know it's like it's cool it's cool i mean i'm sure like hippies that were making that you know that were into like the jefferson airplane and and crosby stills and nash and stuff like that they were probably like fuck that shit that's like you know uh madman music you know uh but but it like now i guess what I, I guess what i was saying was i mean he's dead now and he died pretty young yeah but if in I in Hungary, ironically, and, ironically, yeah. But um, I think if I if I was, and this is me talking, I, I'm just one person. But yes, um, I think I would be proud and happy of, of the work that he. You know, if I was him, I would be proud and happy of my work because I mean, he did so much stuff, and yeah, there's some throwaway stuff like you know, obvious. All these, a lot of these guys were like covering Stormy and like things like that. And yeah. like, nah, I don't need I don't need to hear another cover of Stormy, but um you know it's still really cool and the people that he collaborated with and the fact that he collaborated with bobby womack you know and even like and dude like even like as much as i know about him like i didn't i was like wait he worked with charles lloyd and then i went back i have a charles lloyd record that he made in the 72 called waves it's like a really weird mellow record kind of almost like like I, it's hard to describe but he plays on it, uh, um, Gaber does, and it's like kind of the best song. Really? Yeah, it, on the record. And it's so it's like, that's what's great about these guys. It's like if you really dig, you're going to figure stuff out. And even that record Dreams, which I, you know, is sort of like, and by the way, anyone out there listening, there's a great review of that record on the Vinyl Me Please yeah. website. Um, there's a really great review of that record. But, that, that is really vibe good. that he was going for in dreams he kind of he kind of um uh he he showed his hand on that 
on that one record right like a couple years before Bacchanal, which uh-huh. is also on Sky Records. I, I picked up a copy of that recently. That record's really fascinating too, and, and possibly even heavier than Dreams in, in its own way. Uh, so it's like the more you really like scratch the surface, you know, get scratch the surface and really get deep, you really discover some interesting stuff about him. And, you know, that's kind of what we're going for, right? On this show, we're trying to do that with yeah, whoever. And, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, like I've listened to the playlist because, and this is probably one of the playlists that I've listened to the most before an episode because I, one, I didn't know a lot about him, but also it's like it takes a lot of listening to kind of, a, for at least for me, it took a lot of listening for me to really appreciate what he was trying to do because there's nothing, like again, it's nothing, there's nothing ostentatious about his playing. It's not out there to wow you. It's, it's there to kind of, it's like, it's the difference between someone going someplace and someone putting on a great show and another one, someone making you feel at home. And I think his is like, he's not trying to overwhelm you with, uh, you know, like avant-garde, like where Charles Lloyd would go a little bit more avant-garde-ish. He's getting, there's, there's a bit of that in his playing, but it's, it's all centered on this theme that's really, I think, kind of interesting and, you know, distinctive for sure. But it's not that, it's not like something that's going to stand out really, um, uh, you know, something that's going to stand out really clearly on the album. It's not like, I, I don't know why this example popped in my head. It's not like the cows and the, the fucking horn that they use. It's like, you know, it just, it does, it just comes out of nowhere. And you're like, where that? But it's like, his playing is very much woven into the songs. It's it's a very it's a very more thoughtful type of guitar playing in terms of like playing with the whole instead of being the the center point of the song. Um, even when it's, even when the, the guitar it's basically you know songs built around guitar. It's not he's lead, he's telling you a story in this really kind of calm and soothing voice rather than trying to make you you know, wonder how he's doing it. And at least from a guitar player standpoint, like I'm listening to him, I'm just like, that was a really smooth little sequence he put together there. And it's not anything really showy, but it's really interesting and it goes well with what the next, the, what went before it and what comes after it. So, you know, I, and like you said, he's done so many great albums as a both session and as a collaborator. Uh, and, you know, even looking at the all music thing, I mean, he's got like, from 65 until he dies he's got like a couple albums every year so that's yeah that i mean yeah he was prolific he your point about his su- subtle his like sort of sublime subtleness in the in his playing and how he uh weaves it into his songs i mean that's that's the mat that's the magic right there right you know he's not grant green he's not out in right. front you know like yeah. He's out in front, but he's not like that, right? And so it's that's why I love him. You know, that's why that's why I pushed right. for us to cover him. It's because I there's this subtle magic to him. Well, I think any musician, the hardest thing to do is to be comfortable with your style and to kind of sit in your style. Like this is this is what I like. This is my this is my voice. Uh, this is the way that I'm going to put myself forward and be and sitting in that and being comfortable with it and not trying to go. That's why, you know, 
blues guitarists, like I always knock on B.B. King, but B.B. King sat in his style. That was something that he wanted, wanted to, how he wanted to express himself in the guitar. This is how I'm going about it. And I think that that was the greatness about uh, Gabby. Is, Gabby. Gabby is, is that he, there is 100% control, 100% confidence, and, you know, vision of what he's trying to do. It's not something that's, he's not competing with some other forces or he's not trying to say, I'm, I, whatever the, the, the expectation of this album is, it will be what it's be. I'm just living into this, I'm living right inside this song. And that's not an easy thing to do, especially when you're not trying to do um, breathtaking runs and unique uh, techniques. Well, it's, this is where it's good that we have you for Auto Reverse because you can give us the uh, guitar player uh, point of view so yeah, there's so a, clearly. Yeah, yeah. There's a. I mean, and I'm not. I'm far from the most accomplished guitar player, but I do know when you listen to someone, and especially someone who has such a prolific thing, there's a reason for that, and you can hear from his session. I mean. And it could, he could be, I know this may contradict what I said earlier, but it may be one of those things that makes him great. Whatever he provided in the studio session is the same thing that he provided on his, on his own albums. And, mm. you know, having that sense of self again, especially if you're, you're willing, you're letting your, who you are, you know, he was Hungarian and he let that bleed into his playing and make a mark in it rather than take over it or be what he was defined by. It was something that he used. And uh, I mean, that's, that's not easy to do. That takes a lot of discipline and a lot of control and a lot of playing around to find that kind of thing that's it's like, yes, this is how I want to talk. This is how I want to communicate through my guitar. Yeah. Yeah. With the guitar. And he, and he was an idiosyncratic, you know, he was a Socratic kind of guy. Kind of hurt. I heard he kind of had a temper and was, you know, uh, so, you know. What good? What I good, like that too. What good Hungarian doesn't? Doesn't have a temper. <laughs> yeah, that area. That's like around, uh, you know, the old, where my family, half of my family is from Serbia. So they, you know, there's, they're not, they're not known for keeping things calm. So. <laughs> yeah, well, flying that, off the handle. Is, yeah, flying off the handle. Is what yeah, that's what makes it so much fun to live with. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. So, you know what? We've been getting some good emails uh, regarding some of the some of the shows. I know I'm seeing like our qualifying that, but yeah, we got a couple, and uh, we encourage <laughs> we encourage you to send us emails of people you think or bands that we we should. Uh, Take, or if you want something a little more esoteric like this or something that, or you have a specific example, just give us a shot at autoreversepod at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook and Instagram. Tony and I are fairly quick with the reply, but always we'll give you an abundance of appreciation because, uh, you know, we try to keep it under a half hour, but we, we appreciate you spending time with us and listening to us ramble about things we're passionate about. All right, peace. Peace.